and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 11, Being Useful. The 30 spokes unite in the one nave, but it is on the empty space for the axle that the use of the wheel depends. Clay is fashioned into vessels, but it is on their empty hollowness that their use depends. The door and windows are cut out from the walls to form an apartment, but it is on the empty space within that its use depends. Therefore, what has a positive existence serves for profitable adaptation, and what is not that for actual usefulness. That's verse 11 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by James Legg. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. So part one says basically that emptiness is what makes things useful. And we kind of look at this, we say, okay, well, there's the spokes uniting in the one nave. So the middle that has nothing in it is actually the thing that <laughs> everything depends on. Lao Tzu talks about clay being fashioned into vessels, but it's the empty part that makes it actually something that we can use. And I like how the doors and the windows are basically cut out from the walls to form an apartment but it's the actual space inside that hollow out part that actually hosts people. And that's where things of use come from. So we can conclude from these three examples that Lao Tzu gives us. It's, is that basically whatever has a positive existence, uh, is what creates the opportunity for something to actually enter into it. And so I kind of like 
to say that the something is the actual vessel and then the no thing or the nothing is the utility or the, the usefulness. So those are the two parts. Uh, just to quickly summarize, we'll remember that verse 11 consists of two parts. So part one is basically saying that emptiness is what makes things useful. And the implication is in part two, which is that the something is the vessel and the no thing or the nothing is the utility. So let's put that back together. I'll read verse 11 again. The 30 spokes unite in the one nave, but it is on the empty space for the axle that the use of the wheel depends. Clay is fashioned into vessels, but it is on their empty hollowness that their use depends. The door and windows are cut out from the walls to form an apartment, but it is on the empty space within that its use depends. Therefore, what has a positive existence serves for profitable adaptation and what has not that for actual usefulness. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering being useful. The first one is the case for emptying myself of wants and desires. And the second thing is allowing myself to become useful by receiving the flow of the Tao. The case for emptying myself of wants and desires. In the first part of this verse, Lao Tzu points at things that are in our everyday world in order to demonstrate how something can be useful if it's empty. I like to take this a step deeper and ask myself, what does this emptying thing mean for me and my attitudes or for myself? How does this emptying improve my awareness of the Tao flowing within me? Well, if I can imagine that I'm just like a vessel, like a cup or a room, I can notice there are parts of me that are physical, structures maybe, that make up my body. And there are empty spaces in them. So my lungs fill and contract during the breathing process, becoming full and empty. Um, my heart allows blood to flow into its cavities or empty spaces, and then it squeezes it out so I can carry stuff to the rest of my body. But let's take it a bit further. If my vital organs have this whole emptiness and space thing going on, then what about my mind? What part of it is full and what part of it's empty? And when it's empty, what's the thing that actually goes inside? I'd like to imagine for a moment that I have control over what flowed into my heart and lungs. I'm quite positive that I would at some point become distracted and put things in there that didn't belong. Of course, as humans, we're insatiably curious. So for sure, we'd experiment with stuff, you know, like different stuff, water, or maybe even Brondo because, you know, it's got electrolytes. But even if we weren't actively experimenting, what else? I'll tell you for me is whatever w would seem to be easiest at the time. At least that's what I would put in there. <laughs> of course, this would be bad. There's only one thing that goes in and out of my heart, and that's blood. That's it. Nor do I want anything else going in there. But again, left to my own devices, 
I would probably bungle the whole thing and really shorten my lifespan. (laughs) So that makes me think about my mind. What is it? What's its form? And if I can assign it a form of an empty vessel, what's actually supposed to go in there? These are questions I feel we've been asking ourselves since we first became aware of our consciousness as people. And lucky for us, we have had great spiritual masters to suggest answers to them. Of course, they can only suggest. This part is up to me and you as humans, mostly because there's no one to do it for us. For me, I think about my mind as a summary of my thoughts, feelings, and attitudes. When I'm aware of it, I can notice if things are generally positive or generally negative. And then I can drill down to consider which things or aspects of my life contribute to these general things. And if I apply a little more awareness, I can recognize things that I am doing, saying, or feeling in reaction to these general circumstances, and I can intervene making little changes here and there to readjust my general thoughts, feelings, and attitudes. I find this whole process incredible. It's a great combination of logic, creativity, and intuition. But I'll be honest with you. For me, it takes a great deal of awareness, which takes concentration, which takes a willingness to focus my attention on one or two things for periods of time. But that's okay. Because I feel like we all innately have this ability. I can do it anytime I want. But the part where I run into trouble is where I clutter my mind with distractions, which I'll call wants and desires. Wants for things. If I have X or Y, I'll be happy. Or even circumstances. If X or Y happens, I'll be happy. So instead of focusing my attention on my internal reactions to things... I expect those things which are external to me to provide for my own emotional well-being. But those things or circumstances aren't really what make me happy. The reactions that I have to them make me happy, or sad as the case may be. So what if I could empty my mind of wants and desires? Would I be a non-thinking zombie just running around and looking for other people's brains and their thoughts? Um, my feeling is no. I think the payoff is that when my mind is empty, I open it up to intuition. So when it's doing its thing, like we said, summarizing stuff, processing what my brain is telling it, concluding all the things, if I can keep it uncluttered, it'll work for me in a much more efficient manner. I'm not talking so much of becoming clairvoyant or psychic so much as I'm referencing those intuitive thoughts or decisions that seem to come out of nowhere. You know, the cognitive version of the gut feel. (laughs) So maybe what we've just talked about makes a good case for emptying my mind of wants and desires. The next question might sound like this. Well, if I don't want anything, won't I be lazy just laying on the couch and taking up space? I thought this whole episode was about being useful. Well, at this point, I think it would be useful to look at intentions versus desires. To me, intentions are thoughts I have which signal the possibility of a certain outcome, event, or creation that I may bring about into the physical realm. So an intent is just a thought or feeling of what I would like to realize. Now, let's contrast that with desire. To me, desire is a feeling of wanting. 
a feeling that seems harmless at first, but left unfulfilled can grow into a drive or a hyper-focused will to make something happen. So it seems to me that the difference is that the intention is the initial state of creation. Desire, on the other hand, is an emotionally charged force of will. Are we calling any of these good or bad? And the spirit of the Tao? No. Intention and desire are both just different aspects of humanity. I see intention as more yin while desire is more yang. My personal preference is the yin energy. That's what I feel most comfortable with. So if I were to take this case we made initially for emptying my mind of desires, I would still be left with the ability to create intention without being lazy. We've seen in other verses that when I can allow the Tao to create with me, things just work out better. I feel better. I feel lighter. Things are easier. So here's the thought. In emptying my mind of wants and desires, I allow the Tao to flow and give life to my intentions in a more efficient manner. There's no need for me to want things to come into being. I don't need to force anything. My intention is automatically known by the Tao. And since the Tao reflects back at me that which I imagine or create, I don't need to muddle the process by adding wanting energy. In fact, I've seen this work against me, <laughs> which may seem counterintuitive at first. But it turns out that for me, wanting only blocks progress. So, I can empty my mind and allow the Tao to flow through it. I can intentionally create a space without my intervention that will act as a channel or a vessel. The payoff is that I will have to work much less in arriving at conclusions I might have had anyway if I had forced the whole process. So for me, I think I'll go with the option that entails less work. Because as we'll see next, less work means more purpose and fulfillment by becoming useful. myself to become useful by receiving the flow of the Tao. I'm quite sure you've experienced being in flow at some point in your life. I know I have. When I'm creating a piece of music, when I'm writing, when I'm meditating and can just be in the moment without thinking, when I'm at a movie, when I'm concentrating on work, when I'm in the flow, time goes away. I don't even notice it. And I feel like everything is just right. I can be doing nothing or I can be doing something. It's just when I'm in the zone and nothing exists for me except the thing or circumstances I'm experiencing in that moment. I'm not even putting that much effort into it. It just flows. <laughs> the thing about flow is that I can't really plan it, that feeling, right? I can't really demand that it happens. I kind of have to wait for it. And even when it does happen, sometimes I realize it and sometimes I realize it after. So what is this elusive feeling and how can I feel more of it? That's what I want to know. Well, that was a question that I asked myself for years before I came to know that flow happens when I am doing that which I am fashioned to do without thinking about it, without being conscious of it in that moment. That moment when I have purpose. Now, it's not all the time that I'm unconscious of it. Sometimes I'm quite aware of what's happening. And those are actually almost like self-actualizing moments, to quote 
the American psychologist Abraham Maslow. In any case, flow seems to be the thing that makes me feel alive and in the moment and full of purpose, like I said. So for me, it turns out that while I can't control how and when flow shows up for me, what I can do is increase the likelihood that it will happen and the frequency with which it occurs. I can do this by, you guessed it, (laughs) emptying myself of wants and desires. There are other conditions I can set, like practicing oneness, allowing perfection, like moving into, moving into harmony with a Tao. You get the idea. For today, emptying myself is one of those things that I can do. When I become a vessel, I'm acknowledging that I am just a something into which a no thing can flow. In other words, by actively practicing humility, I am letting the Tao operate in my life as it sees fit based on the intentions I've set like we talked about earlier. There are lots of ways to practice humility. Being grateful is one of the ways I can do that. For me, gratitude is merely the appreciation of that which is around me and in front of me. I can also be of service to others. When I'm helping other people, I'm setting aside myself and am concentrating on another person, which is kind of like a self-forgetting thing. That sounds like humility, doesn't it? There are other ways to practice humility, but those are my main (laughs) go-tos. In any case, my main takeaway here is that it feels so good when I'm in flow. I want to experience it as much as I can. I know that I can't control it or demand it. I can just encourage it by practicing humility. And in doing that, I am emptying myself as best as I can so that the Tao can enter into that space. And in so doing, or not doing actually, depending on how you look at it, I move into my purpose and therefore find fulfillment and finally become useful. So to wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering being useful, I thought about two things. Number one is I thought about the case for emptying myself of wants and desires. And the second thing I thought about was allowing myself to become useful by receiving the flow of the Tao. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of being useful in this verse today. We'll look at two things, becoming awareness of our wants, and then number two, allowing usefulness to happen. So let's do a quick scan of the past 24 hours. Have there been any times where you might have felt agitated? Did you feel irritated because of traffic? Because you ran out of time? Because things weren't going your way? Can you sense that the reason you were agitated was because you weren't getting what you wanted at the time? Could you ask yourself, what that would have looked like if you didn't want what you weren't able to get? What if you had all the time you needed for a particular task? What if you didn't have the time, but didn't have the task? What if you didn't have the time, had the task, but didn't feel the need to complete it? Would you really have been out of time in the first place? Can you take a look at some of the things that you want right now? Better health, 
better relationships, better finances. Could you take a moment to set aside your wanting it and just set your intention to have it instead? Can you feel how wanting something actually adds friction to the process? How it keeps you focused on wanting and not focused on actually getting it? So that's the awareness of wants portion. Now let's take a moment to focus on allowing the Tao to flow into you. Do you have what you want right now? Or do you have what you need? Can you think back to a time where you really didn't have something you needed? Can you be open to the possibility that you've always had what you've needed? That the Tao has always been present for you? Would you be willing to set wanting things aside and focus on your intent to realize them instead? Doesn't that feel slightly different? When you've intended to bring something into the world, would it be possible for you to detach from the outcome? Could you let the Tao flow and work for you instead of trying to control how and when things happen? Could you stop trying to make it work the way you think it ought to be and just allow it to be itself? Finally, could you allow yourself to empty out? Could you allow the Tao to work through you? to make you useful to bring you purpose that's going to wrap it up today to review to consider the principle of being useful I can do two things one I can become aware of my wants and desires and two I can allow usefulness to flow into me close out this episode, I'll go ahead and leave you with the final reading of verse 11. The 30 spokes unite in the one nave, but it is on the empty space for the axle that the use of the wheel depends. Clay is fashioned into vessels, but it is on their empty hollowness that their use depends. The door and windows are cut out from the walls to form an apartment but it is on the empty space within that its use depends. Therefore, what has a positive existence serves for profitable adaptation, and what has not that for actual usefulness. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. 
by listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.